Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my virtual friends. Appreciate you joining us uh, today for the podcast. We're in Jeremiah chapter 16, if you want to uh, follow along. And we, uh, we're we in a verse I-, I left you hanging last episode. I really wanted to cover this verse because in, in Jeremiah 16, uh, the Lord again, as we have seen so thematically in this book, is giving his people the hard truth. You've crossed the line. You're beyond uh, the place of temporary restoration, or I should say immediate restoration, you're going to have to go through a time of uh, of chastisement. You're going to have to go into captivity. And the Lord is reiterating that to them. But I love what it says in verse number 14. So Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse 14, therefore, the Lord says as a concluding thought to this judgment, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So think about what the Lord is saying here. There's coming a day when the refrain of the people will not so much be, our God saved us from Egypt when we were in slavery and we came through the Red Sea and God led us through the wilderness and we came to a land of promise. And that really is the big praise refrain of Judah, that God saved us. We are his peculiar people. We are his treasure. Now, they're not saying that now in this passage, but when the people of God talk about the big thing that God did for them, the big thing was God has saved us from Egypt. Kind of like you and me, when we talk about what's the big thing that God has done in your life? What's the big thing that God has done for us? I think that you would agree with me that the big thing is our salvation. The fact that we were dead in our sin, uh, we were in bondage to this world, uh, a great picture of, of Egypt. Egypt was a great picture of that, I should say. And yet God saved us. He delivered us. And while they had their Moses to lead them to the Red Sea, we had Christ, right? Uh, we're identified with him. That That's the whole imagery of 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. So God is saying here, there's coming a day when the people will talk about the praise of God, but they won't reference Egypt What will they reference? Well, look at verse number 15. But here's what they will say. The Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands, whither he hath driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. So what is the Lord saying here? The Lord is saying there is coming a day when people will be effusively praising the Lord for the fact that he brought them from captivity. So the land of the north here refers to the Babylonian captivity and the fact that God's people are going there. That's the judgment of this passage. But there's coming a day when God will lead them back out. 
He will deliver them from. They will be brought back to this land. He will bless them. And so the the refrain of the people will be, God has brought us back. Now, is that a greater message than the fact that God brought them out of Egypt? No, not necessarily. But what it is, it's a newer and fresher message. Look at what God did for us lately. What Look what God just did for us. So again, all of that is still future to this generation to whom God is saying this, but God is encouraging them. God is saying, I know that it's going to be difficult. I know that I'm having to place the heavy hand of chastisement upon you. I know that things will get worse before they get better, but there's coming a day when I'm going to bring back the wanderer. I'm going to bring back the backslider. I'm going to bring him back to this land. And the people will say, praise be to God, the one that saved us and now the one that has given us this second chance. And should that not be the way that you and I look at our own lives? We're only saved once. We only come out of Egypt once. Uh, That's a great picture of our salvation. But isn't it wonderful that the God that saved us, that gave us our identity in the first place, that gave us the promise of a new life and victory and future and all of it and inheritance, aren't you glad that that same God can bring us back, that he loves us yet? that he's the God of that second chance. He's the God that brings the backslider home. And that's the point here, that we can praise God for, yes, that big moment of salvation, but also for these crucial times in life when we come back to the Lord. Maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you're in a position in your life right now where you know that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. You know that the big battle has been won. But what have you done with what God has given you, this land, this this gifting, this future, this potential? Have you squandered it it like they did? Uh, Does God need to come into your life with elements of chastisement like he did for them? And yet, can we not be encouraged by the fact that God wants to bring us back even during these stiff times of chastisement? What a great couple of verses to give us hope, verses 14 and 15 are. Look at verse number 16, where the Lord again goes back to the judgment motif. Verse number 16, behold, I will send for many, I will send for many fishers or fishermen, saith the Lord. They shall fish them, the people of God. And after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain, from every hill, and out of the holes of the rocks. So why would the Lord go from great encouragement, verses 14 and 15, to again, hey, uh, there's coming a day when I'm going to send for fishermen. Uh, The people uh, of these nations like Egypt and especially Babylon, whom I will use to hunt and fish for my people. Uh, as if they are the prey. Why, why would God go from great encouragement to right back to the reality of judgment? Because that's the way we are as God's people. Uh, sometimes we we take the promises of God, well, it's all going to work out in the end and we're going to live in heaven forever. So therefore, I kind of get a pass on my decisions today. The Lord said, no, 
You know, in the moment, things are bad and judgment stings. And it's almost as if I'm looking at these nations whom I am using to bring judgment upon you uh, like they are fishermen and like they are hunters. Look at verse number 17. For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face, the things that you're doing. Neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. So the Lord's saying, I see what you're doing. I know what's going on. And while I have told you and given you a sneak peek about the future, and there's coming a day when you're going to praise me for restoration, in the now and now, in this moment, uh, things are really, really bleak, the situation. Verse number 18, and first, I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double. I mean, this is going to be bad because they have defiled my land. They have filled my inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. I'm having to deal with my people. Why? Because I gave them great opportunity. I gave them great potential. I gave them this, this land they didn't work for. They didn't earn it. Build a, cities they did not build, fields they did not plant. I gave them. And what have they done? They've squandered it. And there is a price to pay. There are consequences for such squandering. And that's the point. Now, I want to finish the chapter by looking at verses 19 through 21. And as you look at these verses, understand that there are three different people talking. So we're going to see Jeremiah say something. And then we're going to see Jeremiah quoting the Gentile nations that will say something. And then finally, we find the Lord having the last word in the chapter. So let's look at all three of those conversation pieces. First of all, look at Jeremiah in verse number 19, where he says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of afflictions, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, and then he quotes what the Gentiles will say. So first of all, what is Jeremiah saying? Jeremiah is saying, Lord, you're my strength. You're my refuge. You're my hope. Uh, you're everything I need during this time. And I know that you're God. And I know that you're sovereign. And I know that what you're doing now will have impact not only on our people, Judah, but the ends of the earth. The Gentiles themselves will be moved by, taught by, instructed by, influenced by what you're doing. So God, you have a much bigger scope and plan than even your own people are seeing right now. And you will even use their punishment. You will use their chastisement ultimately to trumpet your glory to people that need to see you in far-reaching places. And that's exactly what happened, by the way. When God took his children captive, it looked as if the enemies of God's people were winning, like Egypt, like Babylon, like Assyria, like Medo-Persia later on. And yet what is really happening? What's really happening is God is chastising his people, but through the chastisement, he's introducing himself to these foreign lands. For instance, Daniel is standing before Nebuchadnezzar. He's standing before Darius. Cyrus is learning about God. Later on, the story of Esther and what's God doing? God is at once chastising his people, but also introducing himself 
to the Gentile nations. What a God we serve. Now, should it have gone down that way? No. God's people should have done their job in trumpeting the praises of God, showing the mighty hand of God through their obedience. But either way, God is going to get the glory for himself. So we see what Jeremiah says. Now, notice what the Gentiles say. Verse number 19, and the Gentiles shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies. Vanity, that means emptiness. Things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself? And they are no gods. So there's coming a day when the Gentiles will see the error of their ways. And they will realize that our worship, our gods, our false religion are empty. They're profitless. So Jeremiah says, God, I see you for who you are, my strength, my refuge, the one that's in charge sovereignly of all of it. And even the Gentile nations themselves, whom you will use in such a powerful way, who think that their gods are reigning and their gods are real, they will see the utter futility as well. And then finally, verse number 21, watch what God says at the end of chapter 16. Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Now, about whom is the Lord saying this? Is he saying that they, that means Judah, or is he saying they, that means the Gentiles? Uh, My answer would be both, because what we learn in this passage is that through the way that God is dealing with his own people and through the way that God's going to use his humbled people in the land of captivity, both Judah and the nations of the world, the Gentiles, will know that there is one and only one powerful and true God, and he is the Lord. And that should always be our aim, our focus in any situation, whether we're being blessed, whether we're being chastised, whatever the situation is, our goal should be that people might know that God is God, the one and true God in whom everybody ought to place their faith and trust. What a great way to end a very instructive passage. We're going to jump into another chapter next episode, and there are some extremely familiar verses in the next chapter, Uh, but uh, we won't get there next episode, but we will get there. So stay tuned. Chapter 17 is next. Thanks for joining us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.